as promised, I have Glenn Harrell here and we will be talking about various topics today. But I want to start this episode off a little bit different and throw some tarot in there. Okay, today is New Year's Eve. It is Capricorn season, okay? A lot of positive energy coming in for all signs, okay? January the 2nd, 2022 will be the next full moon. Okay, I have an oracle card for you guys. Okay, the letting go card. And this card is so beautiful. It's a hand and it's butterflies coming out of the hand. It's time for you to let go of the negative energy. It's time for you to let go of the old cycle, toxic behaviors, and time to start anew. So give me a few minutes as we set up and me and, uh, well, Glenn and I will be on shortly. Thank you guys. All right, so we are on. Hi. So, Recording in progress. Hey, you guys, that was my daughter saying hi in the background. My son's not present, but she wanted to say hi. Um, I'm seven. She's seven. <laughs> um, we have Mr. Glenn Harrell back here. And as a lot of people have told me, they really enjoy our episodes, okay? My episodes, well, our episodes are the highest listened to episodes of the podcast, period. Um, I believe it's like... Wow. Yes, I believe it's like 18 listeners on each episode. How cool is that? Kudos to us. Look at us. Go ahead. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? Um, so, like, this, awesome. if you guys were not listening, if you're coming in late and catching up, um, this is a Mr. Glenn Harrell, and he has, um, he's opening up his business about autism. It's going to be an autism center, okay? And so, um, one of the things that I wanted to ask is, when will things be fully operational? Yes, yes. Thank you for asking. So as of about a month ago, we've been fully operational. And when I say fully fully operational, uh, my my business will operate in a few different phases. And phase one will be solely in-home therapy. Uh, And pretty much what what that looks like is me overseeing the cases and hiring other board-certified behavior analysts as necessary um, and sending uh, independent uh, registered behavior technicians into the client's home, providing full-time, part-time therapy uh, on an as-needed basis. Uh, and then from there, the next phase will be center-based therapy. Uh, and while we're in phase one, we'll also be o- uh, offering community-based therapy. Uh, so some students need help with uh, becoming more familiar with church setting or the doctor's or dentist setting. So we provide those services along with special education tutoring. All of that is happening right now at this moment. Uh, and then what phase three ideally will look like is us integrating the, the center-based model, the in-home model with a Montessori preschool through probably about second grade. Uh, that way, the students that transition from our program, as opposed to sending them to public schools where they usually don't have the resources um, to support them, they transition right into our preschool where we've already developed these skills and we can harness them a little bit more. And then when it's time to go, they'll be fully equipped and likely advanced because, because we're good. <laughs> yes. And that is so awesome. I am so happy that things are, have gotten off the ground for you. So um, absolutely. in terms of your funding and your GoFundMe, how much have you gotten so far? 
Yes. So right now, I think the last time we spoke, we were somewhere around just under $3,000, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and since the last time we spoke, we've raised an additional $1,500. So we're somewhere around the 4500 right under $5,000 mark, uh, which is incredible. It's allowed us to uh, get the business registered, get some of the licenses that were necessary, get some of the employees trained on the operating side, photo shoots for advertising. Uh, we're in the process of getting credential with the insurance companies so that come early um, January, February, we'll be able to accept insurance as well as Medicaid, which I'm excited to to mention, uh, which will start in February. The state of Texas and a few other states have approved Medicaid uh, for ABA and autism treatment. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, and then going forward, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. So super excited. We've raised a good amount of money, uh, but we definitely have a ways to go with our ultimate goal being to raise $25,000. Okay, okay. Well, yes, that is a goal. Um, but it seems Absolutely. like you guys are getting there quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my next question is, okay, what other ways can I show support? Can the listeners show support? And um, how I just, the black community as a whole can show support to you and your business, um, whether it's, you know, I have some ideas myself, you know, whether it's just, you know, sharing whether it's asking questions, whether it's getting um, informed about autism. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, so honestly, um, and this might seem like a very cliche answer, but any way you can support is enough support. I think what people often um, do when they hear somebody raising money through a campaign is like, ah, I might not have the funds right now to contribute. Or this person is raising $25,000. So offering $10,000 or $5,000 or even a buck isn't going to contribute enough. But since I am raising or, or creating a business for the people, I want it to be built by the people. Literally any type of monetary con contribution would be helpful. I would, if I could have 25,000 people donate $1 it would make me far more happy than if I had one or two people donate. <laughs> you know what I mean? What would make up the $25,000? Because I really want the help of the community. Uh, and if, even if you don't have a book to contribute, uh, because there are circumstances that we're all going through, you can share my post. You can comment on my post on social media. Um, if you have a network of some sort, you might know a parent who needs services, not even in the state that I'm currently in, but in another state that might provide some helpful uh, connections. You might know a photographer in the city that I'm in that might be willing to offer some services and, because and actually, they have a child on the spectrum. You know what I mean? I, I do. My brother um, actually does photography. Well, he did, and he's actually in Texas. Um, so if you can't find one, uh, maybe I can get you connected with him, and he is in the Air Force active duty. He's um, my Uncle T. <laughs> yeah so um let me know about that uh and i can see what i Literally. can do because he takes beautiful pictures Oh, man. Well, let's make that connection. And just that easy. That's literally the type of support. <laughs> that is a perfect example. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So I kind of want to, you said you had some questions for me. I have a few more things that I want to ask, but we have time to talk today. So um, I want to know, what do you want to know about um, 
just my journey and about what I'm going through or about tarot? Like, what do you really, what are your questions for me? Like, what are you wondering? Yeah, I think one of the things I want to know, uh, I guess, initially is where, what was the, I guess, the the motivation behind starting the podcast uh, that we're on right now? Okay, so the motivation starting behind it is I had wanted to do a podcast before, even a little bit before COVID had happened because I had a friend that was doing a podcast and I just kind of um wanted to do like fun topics or like gossip, like juicy gossip or anything like that. But when I had my mental health <clears throat> crisis around this time last year, um, you know, it really opened up my eyes to a lot, even though I have worked in the field. It's different when you become a client. It's different when you go to a mental health facility and you're there for, what, seven to ten days, um, sometimes three days. Um, sometimes they don't even hold you that long. It's different when you actually um, are involved in that situation from the different from the other side of the fence. Um, so the, the podcast was pretty much uh, just to get my voice out there, to get... Uh, to get yeah to get people to listen to get people to understand that mental health is very important it's not something to kind of pre- uh sweep underneath the rug and with the black community that's what they do you know um i've been talking about this interview that g herbo had with Taharji p henson I, i'm sorry i mispronounced her name because i have a list uh crazy story i fell on a lawnmower blade when i was like three years old and it went through my chin and I'm still allowed to tell the story. So, um, yeah, I have a list. And so, <laughs> he, you know, no, he brought up this really noticed. good point um, because he was describing, and I talked about this on um, another one of my episodes. He was describing um, a situation where he seen somebody get murdered and, you know, he kind of laughed about it. And, you know, the, the, the two hosts were like, you know, there you go laughing because it was normalized. And then he, she's like, you know, you didn't have anybody to talk to about these things. You know, you're nine years old and you're witnessing a murder in the middle of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of like, no, like we didn't talk about those things. And, and, you know, I was having a conversation with my mom and I also brought up um, a good point on my episode about why mental health is important to me is because... You never know what has been passed down to you. And it sucks being 28 years old and now knowing that I've had, you know, some mental health diagnosis pretty much my whole life. It kind of sucks because I could have been getting help from a very young age and, you know, wouldn't, I'm sorry, I'm going to get choked up, you know, wouldn't have had to gone through the experiences that I've gone through, um, but, you know, the things that I've went through have made me the person that I am today. So, you know, this podcast is kind of like my baby. It's kind of like my therapy. It's kind of, it, it's just like, it's me getting my emotions and my feelings out in a more positive manner than cursing people out, than putting my hands on people, than drinking and smoking, um, than, than, do, than uh, listening to low vibrational music or being around low bri- vibrational people, you know. It it, it it that's why that's why I made it you know so I have a project instead of being in the streets man well can I give you a round of applause because that is incredible that is freaking incredible you know, man, in the wow. streets. <laughs> wow <laughs> you're gonna have me getting a little choked up that was awesome that you is know? awesome well 
I'm, I'm glad you made the podcast. And every time I've come up here, it's felt like a therapy session for me as well. And I think um, just like you mentioned, in the black community, we become so easily desensitized to certain things because it's something we go through often, whether it be because the color of your skin or because the socioeconomic status in which you grew up in. Um, I know for me personally, I come from a, uh, a very low socioeconomic status. Um, coming from the inner city in North Philadelphia, growing up in between literally two rival gangs. So there's one block and there's a block, my block, and there's another block on the side. And to be in the middle of that um, and then had to have my entire upbringing be that, uh, it, it's traumatizing. And I think what we all need is outlets like what you created. So um right. I'm I'm excited I'm 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 excited that you've created this platform for us. And you know, not only that, but um I was talking on Facebook early this morning about um I'm pretty sure you've seen the movie Major Pain, okay? Have yes. So have you sat there and thought about his mental health? Cause, because see, with doing this podcast and with struggling with my own mental health, again, I'm going to say, um, I start noticing things and picking up on things that I should have been realized about people. What I should have realized about people. Because in that movie, he's clearly suffering from PTSD. Not only that, he's institutionalized. Those kids are institutionalized. And then I realized about myself, I am institutionalized because of Molly Ford. Okay? You know, I still walk, I still walk, Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, uh-huh, right, uh-huh. left. You know, I still walk like uh-huh. that. My arms still yes. swing. I still uh-huh. swing I go yes. or die slow. Or, or yes. uh, FM, family forever. <laughs> you know, I, I, I still yes. I still have those things within me. And it's crazy, you know, uh-huh. because it, it, you see these things within these movies and within people that you see in real life. And you're sitting there wondering, do you pick up these things about yourself? Do you not understand that your mental health is suffering? And it's just like, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wonder if we as people understand some of the things that we put out there because major pain really shouldn't have been a movie for kids. Well, kids of a certain age to watch because you know even though it's a great movie it's it's about a military academy it still it still shows some 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 things yeah. in your life WTF okay absolutely um, yes especially yes. the scene We're that I talked about um on my Facebook where he's like you plotting on me boy when he had the knife you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. or the gun. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if he Absolutely. had the knife or the gun. But I remember, you know, one scene he told the little boy, hey, yo, go get my field knife, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to shave somebody's head off. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. but, but it's an awesome movie. And I just thought about it like yesterday, you know, that man was clearly suffering and they put him right back in the same environment. Absolutely. And didn't give Absolutely. a damn about it. And, you know, we we talked about um, in one of the first episodes about how, you know, you wanted to go to the military, you wanted to do doctor and all that. And then uh-huh. you sat there and you really thought about, can my mental health take that? Is that what uh-huh. I really want to Absolutely. do? Is that going to fulfill me? 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, the, the crazy thing is I went to military high school as well. And when I went to military college, the primary reason I was going is because they they, they incentivized. And they incentivized me by offering money. So I was getting a scholarship to go to school for free, which I could have gotten through. I mean, I got accepted to plenty of schools. But they were also paying me like $2,500 a month as an 18, 19-year-old college student. And it was like hard to turn down. And then you add that on to, to the benefits and everything else. And literally, they incentivize you into trauma. And I feel like that's what Dolly Forge was. And that's what the military would have been. Uh, because looking back at it, I recall some of the stories about our plebe system and the chants and everything we had to go through just in college alone. And my wife will say, she's like, you guys were traumatized. We like, were hazed. Do you have PTSD? You have PTSD. Oh. I was like, yeah, I think maybe. Yeah. Like, do I? We'll see. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I wasn't hazed because I had the mentality of... You, I'm just going to say, you motherfuckers are not going to haze me. I was very lazy Uh my first year there, you know, because you came after me. You were Uh one of my plebes. You know, I was very lazy, very, very, very lazy. Okay. You know, I was just talking to my first sergeant like a a couple months ago. It's like, you remember when I used to act like I was hurt, so I'd be on the excuse squad, so I wouldn't have to do nothing. But the crazy (laughs) thing about it is. That was the best time of my life. And, you know, a lot of the people that are in the military that didn't have, like, the the grunt jobs and stuff like that, they say mm-hmm. that it's, like, the best time of their life because not only are they able to travel, they find their family. Absolutely. You know, so I understand Absolutely. from both sides of the fence. But like you said, it's very traumatizing. And, you know, uh-huh. it, it's, it's crazy. And, and that brings me to another point of... You know, with us working in mental health, being mental health workers, who thinks about our mental health? Um, man, that, that, that's a good question. And I used to think of the same thing because I am a therapist and I've been a therapist for a while. And I used to think like, well, like, am I supposed to know? Like, am I supposed to be able to pathologize like my own issues and things like that? And then my wife, she's also a psychotherapist, a licensed mental health counselor. In New York and Texas, for anybody who might need services, she is also um, still accepting clients. But one of the things she, she always says is therapists need therapists, too, just like doctors need doctors, too. Dentists need dentists, too. And I think that's something that we always have to be apparent of. Like, we are people. We are people that live within a society. We are people that have, you know what I mean? We have all have these isms. And it doesn't matter what your profession is. I wish at a federal level that they would mandate that people have access to mental health therapy, regardless of what industry you work in. But especially mental health workers, because not only do we have to deal with the lives that we have to live like everybody else, we also, I mean, sometimes inevitably and non-avoidably, uh, you know what I mean, it's like a cascade of other people's dramas that you carry around. Even if you think you don't, after a while, you know what I mean? It starts to build up and build up and build up. And now you're dealing with the traumas of everybody else mm-hmm. and empathizing with them as well as the traumas and issues that you might have not even processed yet. So and you know, to answer your question, I think it's absolutely necessary. And 
And, you know, with saying that, I think that is why my mental health deteriorated as much as it did because I was not letting go of those things. And that's one of the things that I've been learning on my spiritual journey, okay, is how to let go of other people's problems and how to not carry the baggage and the load from other people because it's it's very hard to do because if you don't watch yourself, you'll overwhelm yourself, you'll overwork yourself, and you'll be burnt out. And I feel like that's kind of what happened, but I will, really wasn't burnt out with my job, with the paperwork-wise, yes, but more of just like burnt out mentally and physically because when your mental is messed up, your physical is messed up. And when your physical is messed up, your mental is messed up. It's, it's, it's a two-way street. And so, um, you know, so I think it's very important. And I used to say that all the time. Who cares about the therapist? You know, you know, and I I didn't know that your wife did that. You guys need to get licensed for Virginia, you know, because I'm actually trying to put both of my children into therapy. I'm in therapy now. I go to a psychiatrist. You know, yeah, she says she doesn't want to go, but I, I think that they would benefit from it um, due to their own traumas that they have experienced, um, you know, with being with witnessing a domestic abuse relationship that I was in. Um, so they have a lot of trauma that they need to work through themselves. And they're at the ages now where they can understand and reciprocate um, during services and so I think it would really benefit them to do that. Um, I also got a uh, got the papers for a therapy dog. I just have to buy the th- the dog and get the papers filled out, you know, so I can have a therapy dog that I can take with me everywhere that I go. Incredible! That is incredible. That is freaking incredible. I wish I'm going to tell my wife to get license as well in Virginia because I think y'all would be such an incredible match just like knowing that the type of person you are and the type of person she is uh I, I think I think y'all would do incredible together uh and no offense to any psychiatrist in the world at all if anybody ever listens to this because they are extremely necessary there are medical professionals who went to medical school uh and did additional residency and they got specialized specializations in psychiatry they did a lot of school but psychiatry aren't they are not mental health counselors they are people who understand the dsm-5 which is the diagnostic statistical manual um and they probably studied it like they studied every other book and they diagnose you with something after offering very little like emotional support at least in my experience with psychiatrists and then once they feel like they have enough information about you to prescribe you with some type of medication, they offer you the medication. But me personally, I think that should be the very last resort. I think medication should be given to people immediately if they need it in order to stabilize them. But I don't think you can really grow or really process your trauma unless you talk to a licensed counselor. These are people who only went to school to provide therapy. They didn't go to medical school, which is extremely general, and do residency. And this is not to, again, no offense to psychiatrists, but mental health counselors are specialists. And when I tell you I've had a psychiatrist, I have a psychiatrist, and I have a counselor, and the the type of work, the type of growth, the type of progress 
um, and trauma that I'm able to, you know what I mean, like learn from. Uh, I would have never learned it without the help of a licensed mental health counselor. So to anybody who's listening to this, if you can, please, please, I would put a licensed counselor before psychologists and before psychiatrists. Um, but I in rants. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I definitely, I definitely agree with what you said. Um, the first psychiatrist that I went to go see, I did not like her whatsoever. She was very, um, do you remember when you said such and such, or do you remember when you did this in, in, in fifth grade? Yes, bitch. I remember I did it. You know, like, you know, I just really didn't like how she was condescending with me and and very much. So like, oh, you got to have this medication. You got to try this medication. And like you said, um, being on different medications um i've been on a few um they don't do well with me um you know right now i'm on this abilify i'm trying this abilify um it's working well so far but the only thing that i don't like is that i have crazy crazy dreams and a lot of people who are on medication they have crazy ass dreams and i just do not want to have them like, I just don't yep. want to have them. I don't want to have night terrors and stuff like that. I want to be uh-huh. able to sleep peacefully and have a good night's uh-huh. sleep. And, yes. you know, they were prescribing me medication to take. And it would pretty much knock me out. You can't descri- you can't prescribe somebody something for anxiety or sleep and have them take it in the morning. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, and, and that's why that's my issue with psychiatry, uh, because I've had a few, and for that very same reason, I went to them thinking that they were the top of the pedestal, which I quickly learned that I needed to bring them down and read them just like people. Um, but as soon as I was diagnosed with ADHD, within two days they had prescribed me Adderall. I've never taken any type of psychological medication ever in my life, and I took it and. Everything was going wrong. I was sweating ridiculously. I felt like a zombie. I didn't feel myself. I would go on vacation with my friends. And they didn't know I was on medication, but they would recognize that I was different. I was no longer outgoing. And it it just wasn't good. It was not good. And I do have ADHD diagnosed. And what I will share is something that's been extremely helpful for myself and my wife, who's um, dealt with depression, um, is Wellbutrin. Uh, it's something that's been studied, had several meta-analysis, and it's one of the medicines that does not have uh, long-term side effects, which contrary to the Adderall that has ridiculous amounts of side effects, a lot of them that I experienced personally, um, this one has been incredible. So if anybody's dealt with depression, anxiety, uh, or things that are comorbid in nature, I would highly suggest you to talk to your psychiatrist or doctor about Wellbutrin. Okay, I will be talking to them about that. I think they've given me that before. Um, yeah, uh-huh. because this Abilify, they're talking about um, starting to give me shots, and I don't know if I can do all that. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't want to blow up uh-huh. like a tick because, you know, my body was looking good and tight and uh-huh. right. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I ain't trying to blow uh-huh. up like nobody. So another question I have for you, how do you practice self-care? Like, um, what do you do to, you know, to cool down after a long day of work and 
you know, uh-huh. dealing with your own mental health, dealing with mental health as a job, right. you know, uh-huh. um, your marriage, everything. How do you like uh-huh. do all that? Uh-huh. Yes. So what I will say is that self-care is something that I had to learn. It's something that is a skill something that you have to practice. (laughs) I thought self-care was just putting on a mask and just sitting back, but that is the total opposite. Um, I I think over the last year, I've gotten into self-care, really getting into self-care, because like I said, I come from lower socioeconomic status, so it's always work, 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 improve, 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 and try to be successful so that I don't have to deal with the nightmares of my past type of thing. Um, but thankfully my wife, like I said, who is a licensed mental health counselor, she's taught me a lot. And I think one of the biggest things in terms of self-care that's been good for me is mindfulness, mindfulness and meditation. Um, and anytime I used to hear people say it, I'm like, Oh, that's so cliche. Everybody wants to sit with their legs crossed and fingers to the sky and hum. And it just sounds corny to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I know how to take care of myself. I'll give me a little mud mask cucumbers on my eyes and I'll be chilling. <laughs> it never really brought me any type of peace. Um, but mindfulness, what it's teaching me um, is that stillness is okay. Um, and because I come from trauma, traumatic um, environments, my mind was always on go 24-7 and I was always reacting. So I was always moving. But what mindfulness is teaching me is that by being still and learning to calm my mind, I actually have a lot more control over my mental health than I've given myself credit for. It's always like or find a medication or find an activity that will take up some of the issues that I'm dealing with. But if you can sit down and really calm your mind, slow down your body, then you're really able to process all the stuff that you go through. Because I'm learning, again, through mindfulness and meditation um, and through my wife because she's a woman and men, unfortunately, are socialized a little bit differently in terms of their emotions. I'm learning that emotions are good. You know what I mean? A lot of people think because you get angry or because you get mad or because you get frustrated, um, those things are bad. You're supposed to keep them away. But it's like, no, they're emotions like anything else, like like happiness. And they're going to come and go because they are a result of an encounter you had with existence and the emotion is not the issue. It's the behavior that usually follows it. And as a behavior analyst, I can I can concur with that 100 uh, percent. It's, it's you know what I mean? It's not the emotion that's the issue. It's what comes after the emotion. Um, so mindfulness and meditation have been um, probably the two biggest um, self-care tools that I've used. OK, OK, because, you know, what I like to do. I personally like to do bubble baths and I also like to drink wine. Um, but we all know I am in recovery for alcoholism. So, um, what I've been doing is I'm actually about to pour me uh, a glass of wine right now because I need it. It's New Year's Eve. Um, okay. Yes. Yes. I got the champagne ready. (laughs) But not only that, um, I like to watch movies and I like to listen to music and I also have um, enjoyed journaling now more than I ever have. Um, 
And not only that, I like I like to write poems and songs and stuff. Um, I used to do that a whole lot when I was younger. Um, some stuff doesn't make sense uh, because, again, I'm still getting my body used to my medication and stuff like that. So some things don't make any sense. But there's some powerful writing is so powerful, and there's some powerful metaphors that I have. Um, I'll have to share on an episode, but. You know, it's yes. Please do the the journaling is something that I had to pick up because I used to use social media a lot to vent Mm -hmm. um, and put a lot of my Mm -hmm. personal business on, like all day long. You know, putting on a show, Mm -hmm. and instead of being Mm -hmm. the laughing stock of people, um, Mm -hmm. why not just? You know, post here and there and still give people something to talk about because it doesn't matter if I post my big toe, somebody's going to have something to say about it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. I like how you mentioned um, how your mind used to stay going and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Kevin Gates, actually, uh-huh. I, I share a lot of his stuff, Um but he actually did an interview and he was talking about, have you ever woken up tired? And then he goes, that's because your mind never got to rest. Your body did, but your mind didn't. Your mind was going. That's deep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I've certainly experienced that on numerous occasions. <laughs> Certainly, certainly experienced that. Man, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like, Kevin Gates wow. really is so, a cool dude. Like, he's, and he's smart. He's smart. Smart as hell. That guy is smart. I that guy is smart. He has a degree in psychology, uh, I believe. Yeah, he has a master's. He has a master's degree. Kevin Gates is a smart man, and if people can look past the book and really follow him, and I'm not sure if you follow him consistently, but even his journey, his growth and development over the last year or two has been incredible. Yes. And it's been incredible to watch somebody develop like that. <laughs> you know what? Because there was a video that I shared a couple days ago where this guy was talking about, oh, Kevin Gates has been acting so weird. And he was saying all these negative things about Kevin. And you know what Kevin had to say back? Take care. Mm. Pretty much take care. I'm good. Mm. I'm well. You say I'm Mm -hmm. acting funny, but I'm getting paid. Pretty much is what he said. But the way that he said it, Mm -hmm. he said it Mm -hmm. in such a humble way. Mm. You know, you could tell that he's saying, fuck Mm -hmm. you, but he's saying it in such a nice way, in such an intelligent way. You know, I want to be able to put my words together like that um mm-hmm. in, in the audio because i can put it together in a text mm-hmm. or i can put it together in writing but i want to be able to put my words together like him in the audio because mm-hmm. that man mm-hmm. is yeah he, he is so eloquent <laughs> he is very eloquent you know, <laughs> man and you would think and see i this is why i just love People, I love men, I'm sorry, that are drug dealers. I do, or past drug dealers. I love them. Because Mm -hmm. to be a drug dealer and to be successful, you have to be very 
freaking smart. And it's not even just book smart. You have to be smart, street smart. You got to be people smart. You got to be money smart. You got to be business smart. You got to be incognito smart. Like, you got to... I mean, you really got to put all the things together to really be a successful drug dealer. And a lot of the drug dealers that I've had as friends, past, present, and probably in the future, <laughs> um, there's, I love having conversations with them. I love it because there was this one. And not only was he intelligent, but he loved to read books as well. He loved to read books. And he took those books, okay, and and started really getting into them, like the self-help books about like finances and stuff like that. Oh boy, got money rolling uh-huh. out. He no longer has to be in that uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Sometimes you got to do what Absolutely. you got to do to get where you need to go. I mean, hey, hey, I I don't know any drug dealers who do it because they want to. They all do it because they have to, and that's a pride. pride. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. a result of systemic racism, and that's a different conversation, which I will gladly go into. Right. But yeah, you know, like you said, sometimes you got to do what you got to do in order to make ends meet. And I will never, never in my life talk badly over somebody who did what they needed to do right. in order to provide for their family. Well, let me um, let because... me ask you your perspective on this because I have made an OnlyFans, and I have spoke about this on okay. my podcast. My OnlyFans mm-hmm. was me. And like lingerie, like as anime characters or whatever. Okay. So a lot of people was thinking like it was going to be naked photos. And I could clearly say it was not going to be that. Okay. Um, what is your take on the whole OnlyFans thing? Because now I have no followers because I guess I won't get naked on camera. Um, but for me, it was more so for body positivity because, again, I'm trying to get Absolutely. comfortable, well, re-comfortable in my skin because for the longest, I've never been comfortable with my skin. I've never been comfortable with mm-hmm. my skin tone. I, I Oh, I'm a little bit dark. I'm light-skinned, but I'm a little bit on the darker side or, like, uh, you know, my hair or... Absolutely. You know, like I'm trying to get mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. together where I'm comfortable in my own skin. And so it's okay. I feel like it's okay to do things like that because it's showing other people it's okay for them to be comfortable in their skin, their stretch marks, their freckles, or whatever they may have, those imperfections that we all have. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be okay with that. And that's a part of mental health self worth, self love, confidence. It's all a part of mental health. And I don't understand why people look down on somebody that does that. You never know. I might need that money for something. Absolutely. Well, first, kudos to you. I think that is incredible. That is incredible. And I, I, I am somebody who regards themselves as a feminist. But just truly, I just feel like I'm a good human. And I think that's what it is. Uh, like, <laughs> I think anybody who... First off, if you have the coverage to be able to do that and broadcast it to the public, it's something that is commendable, I think, especially in a world where uh, being a woman and then being a black woman, you're constantly judged for your image. And there are millions and millions of women daily who suffer from body dysmorphia, um, from social media, from from men. And again, it's all a result of 
uh, white supremacy, European ideals, and yes, all Westernization suffered, and all that. I suffered from that as well. I went through a period when I wasn't eating because I was like, you know, I'm trying to. Uh, not only was it depression, yeah, I mean, it was more of like self-esteem by seeing all these bad bitches mm-hmm. online all the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's normal. I don't think your case was atypical. You know what I mean? Unfortunate, yes. Atypical, no. I, I see women every day. I work with women. I talk with women. I, you know what I mean? I'm, it, it, it's so unfortunate that society has come to this place where we hyper-idealize um, a lot of times, bodies that are natural, and it makes women who don't look like that feel insecure because what's reinforcing to the men are the women that look like this. And it's because, again, social media, the media in general, they like to broadcast these type of bodies because they make money off of it. And then everybody else who doesn't look like that, they even suffer to try to look like that or they feel like shit because they can't. And what I say to people is you need to stay off social media because that other stuff is sickly, it's not healthy, it's not natural, and regardless of how your body looks, it deserves to be respected. I don't care if you're 300 pounds. I do not care if you're 300 pounds, 500 pounds. You deserve to feel sexy regardless of what you look like, not in comparison to anybody. So if you want to create a social fans, go for it. If you want to have sex for money, I think it should be legalized. Sex work everywhere should be legalized. You know what I mean? Ah, I'm glad you made that point because, homie. Hey, hey, I mean, it's so unfortunate. And I think one of the reasons why society as a whole frowns upon it is because they haven't found a way to capitalize upon it. But we have for eons and eons we've had sex trafficking to this day it's still a huge issue in our country and across the country and it's because people who operate in the black and a lot of times these rich people like the weinstein guy um and all these people are getting rich off of sex trafficking and they don't want to make it legal because then it takes away from the private markets but it's your body do with it what you want as long as you're safe it's not my business and if you insert yourself into my business then you are the issue, sir. Or man, mind your business. You know what I mean? <laughs> mind the business right. that pays you. Tell them. Tell them. You know, it literally does not concern you. And I think that's work. It literally is work. The fact that porn is legalized, somebody's making money off of that. And you can't tell me porn can be legalized, but I can't make money without somebody else controlling me and taking a giant portion of it does not make any sense. Capitalism. It does not make any sense. Capitalism at its finest. And that's why I say people need to step away from social media and truly find what makes you happy and do it. And you don't even have to let people know. You do not have to let people know. Right. If you want to post naked pictures, post naked pictures and whoever says something, like you said, you post a picture of your big toe, somebody will have some, some issues to say. Uh, so it's like, do do what you need to do and let people be dumb. Let them be dumb. Facts. And see, you know, you're saying the whole thing about uh, distance yourself from social media. And I feel like that's what I've been doing. And for the new year, um, uh-huh. I've made this thing like for for people, you it's like a one app minimum. Unless like it's me and you because we connect on uh-huh. 
different levels. Like you got a personal level and then a business level. Mm-hmm. Other people is mm-hmm. one app minimum. Like you either gonna be on Facebook, you gonna be on Instagram, or you gonna be on Snap. You don't need to be on all three. And also, not only that is that. Again, Kevin Gates had made a a post about how social media, like we already said, fools with your confidence and stuff like that. And I just feel like not only that, it just brings a lot of toxic energy because there's always a lot of toxic things going on. So right now I'm I'm mainly using my page for my podcast. I share stuff and also for my tarot. I have a YouTube channel now uh-huh. too for my tarot. But um Gotta follow that. Gotta follow that. I actually want a tarot reading soon, so when you're available, please let me know. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would love to. Um, I have a YouTube channel, and then I'm doing stuff on my TikTok as well. I'm doing collective readings on my TikTok as well. I'm just trying to Beautiful. have projects, so again, I don't be in the streets with somebody's nappy-headed son that's gonna have me <laughs> crying at five o'clock in the morning because they with Becky. Okay. I ain't got time. <laughs> I hear you. I absolutely do. I hear you. I'm glad you have those outlets. <laughs> you know, I just ain't got time. You know, I, mm-hmm, I played. Mm-hmm. I played a video game as well, but that's addicting. Mm-hmm. It's addicting, and not only is it addicting, you know, who mostly plays games? Guys do. So then I got to hit my mm-hmm. guy friends up. Like, okay, you want to play the game? Then some of them. Be uh-huh. thinking we more than friends and we ain't more than friends. Like, you my gaming boy. Uh-huh. Like, that's it. That's all. Men don't know how to draw them it. lines sometimes. Man, I, I, hey, I agree with you. I man, nah, hey, I get it. I freaking get it. But I'm glad. I'm glad you're finding ways to, to yeah, I mean, to cope. <laughs> people, people don't talk about, like, how life in general is the task. You know what I mean? You just one day you're an adult and you have to exist independently. And sometimes you have to take care of kids and family members and like some you gotta be able to cope with existence. And I think the goal is to find healthy ways to cope. Maybe you know what I mean some days are so stressful you need a glass of wine. That's fine. But if you're drinking an excess amount of wine to the point where it's causing physical harm, maybe that coping mechanism isn't so hard. Maybe gaming is something that's cathartic to you, but you know if you play for too long, you get a headache or, you know what I mean, it makes you anxious. Right. Maybe limiting the amount of time, you you know what I mean? There's a lot of things you can do, and it's usually the excess that makes it an issue. Um, But we all got to cope with existence somehow. So I think judging people is the last thing that we all need to be doing. Right. And we are about Mm -hmm. to be out of time. Like I said, when Mr. Glenn comes, we talk, baby. Do we talk? And we have have to have you back again so we can talk about that other subject about, you know, capitalism and white supremacy Uh, and uh, all that. uh, uh, Please, please. I can't wait. And we will make it happen. Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode before this time runs out. Thank you so much, Glenn, for being here for me Absolutely. today. Um, thank you for having me. Of course, thank you so much for your support, and I will continue to support you as well. Thank you so much to the listeners. Um, follow my YouTube channel, uh, Mermaid Chew 92 uh, is that it? Or is it Mermaid God? Mermaid God is 9-2. Mermaid Chew 9-2 is my TikTok. Okay, you guys? Go ahead, Glenn. Give your out. 
Yes, everybody. Again, my name is Glenn Harrell, licensed board certified behavior analyst, autism therapist and consultant. Um, and you guys can follow me on IG at rw.academy.aba on Instagram, as well as Facebook. And you guys can also check out my website that's just launched a few days ago. That's www.rogerwilliams with an S academy.com. Uh, and that's where you can find literally everything about me, my project, ways to donate. Uh, and yeah, so I can't wait to be up here again. Appreciate you again, too, as I know you <laughs> from our military school days. And uh, yeah, uh, I had a pleasure. No problem. No problem. And yes, check his website out because it is sick. I love it. Who made that website? That's the last question I need to ask. Who made that for you? Oh, well, I designed it, but I did work with... Um, a design team at brightervision.com uh, and they were super helpful so if anybody's looking to have a website made uh, it, it's definitely a good resource okay 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 all right well I'm gonna go ahead and end this and me and Glenn are still gonna talk all right thank you guys <laughs>